0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: All right, so this was a tale of two halves, to say the very least, and yet the result was the same. The Bucks fall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and they do so in a dramatically bad fashion. Thirty four twenty three, I'm with Joey Knight. <clears throat> Joey, here's the weirdest thing about this game is for all the world, they played exactly how they needed to play in the first half. They built a seventeen to three lead, not insurmountable by any you know imagination by the Bengals. But then in the second half, and it it sort of began with a bad decision, I thought, by Todd Bowles to order a fake punt that was botched. But aside from that, if I had told you Tom Brady's going to have four turnovers in a game and that all four would come in a half, I mean, it's just it's unfathomable that a guy that has protected the ball as well as he has. And, yes, there was pressure and there there was one ball that, you know, was intercepted where he was hit. Um, There was a botched handoff, which some of that might be on Leonard Fournette as well. But this is not what Tom Brady is known for. And he's certainly not known for being six and eight at this point in the year.
0: We're seeing unprecedented stuff here. Rick, you know, I'm sure Tom Brady's had mistake-prone games in the past, but four consecutive turnovers in a second half? Has Brady ever done that? And he's on the cusp of having his first losing season as a professional quarterback. We know that. They just need one more loss here down the stretch, and and he's sub-500 in the regular season for the first time ever. And to go back what you touched on initially, Rick, they were playing so well in the first half. This was, this was the kind of offense that we saw in the first 30 minutes that we kind of sort of envisioned uh, we'd see from Byron Leftwich and Tom Brady and company this whole season. They were interspersing some play action, a little more pre-snap motion. Mike Evans getting involved right at the outset. As in fact, he had 71 yards at halftime. And they had 17 points at halftime. That's the most they've had in the first half since the uh, the Chiefs game on October 2nd. Uh, probably could have had a few more had Todd, Todd Bowles opted to go f- to go for it on fourth and three down near the red zone instead of a, a Ryan suck-up 50-yard field goal that went awry. Could have been a little more, but it, it was just a crisp, efficient, offensive first half, which is totally forgotten now by this second-half debacle that we witnessed.
1: Really was, and... You know, we'll get into that decision that, but Todd Bowles made. What's funny is, is that if you just if you just didn't know the result of this game, and of course the two interceptions stand out from Tom Brady clearly, um, but he threw for three hundred twelve yards. They rushed for ninety two. They had some balance. You mentioned really all their receivers got involved. Mike Evans had a big first half. Chris Godwin, um, you know, had had a touchdown. Russell Gage, who we haven't seen pretty much all year, stepping in for Julio Jones, who was injured. He had two touchdowns. So just on the surface, it's like, oh, okay, so they did some things. And they did. If you could double 17 points, you'd be at 34, and you'd be very happy. And, in fact, their defense was the story in the first half. They made Cincinnati go three and out a whole bunch of times. They were getting some pressure on Joe Burrow. They were competing for the ball with the wide receivers. I thought they did a good job there. Um, And yet, you know, momentum is fragile, especially when you're playing a Cincinnati team. Uh, that had won five in a row, now six in a row, and is is you know defending AFC champions. Look, I still go back, and it it it, it really won't you know if you look at it, it only resulted in a field goal. But the Bucks are up seventeen to three. They come out in the second half. They get the ball uh, to begin the, the second half, and on fourth and one, and you mentioned him not going for it earlier in the game. When when they had a fourth and, I think, two at their own 38-yard line, they try a 50-yard field goal and miss. But here you are, fourth and one, complete control of the game, just starting the second half. I don't even think people had settled in their seats yet. The, the crowd is with you. Uh, Cincinnati's done nothing really offensively except the last drive of the first half. And Todd Bowles, we've accused him of not being aggressive enough. And here he decides, for the first time this year, and really the first time in in quite a few years that I can remember, to order a fake punt. And not only any fake punt, he's got Giovanni Bernard, who has not played uh, as the personal protector. I think it should have been a tip-off to the Bengals, had not played in that position. And the ball is snapped by Zach Turner, and he's either not ready for it or it it gets on him too quickly, but he can't handle the snap. It goes off, off his hands. And and it's a turnover on downs. It's recovered by Cincinnati. Now credit the defense. They went out there and they held them to a field goal, and and that's what you want them to do. And it's still seventeen six. But I'm telling you that momentum right there that was self produced, self inflicted. I think it changed everything. I think I think it just kind of kind of got that sinking feeling, and, and it got the Bengals fired up, and they had nothing to be fired up about.
0: No, that that was the turning point of the game. It it was egregious on a number of levels. Uh, Todd Bowles just explained it was something they had practiced. Uh, the Bengals showed the look that the Bucks were expecting. You know, they had practiced if they were going to see a certain look, they may try it. They tried it. And um, Giovanni Bernard just m- missed the ball, according to Todd Bowles. And, And Gio kind of of copped an attitude in the locker room afterward. He's been a consummate professional throughout his career, Rick, and it was kind of disappointing to see him, you know, try to avoid us and then really just kind of cop an attitude and be very terse with us. And all he would say is, I missed it. My fault. You can blame me instead of giving us really any kind of clarification or answers to what happened. But... The egregious part, like you said, the most egregious part, it, it, you know, is this decision to try this in the first place when momentum's totally on your side. And like you said, that that was the turning point. That that, that was the game right there, the game changer, if you will.
1: I We talked to Joe, and I was there, and, and you know, we waited for him to get, to get dressed. He grabbed his bag, and he started to walk out of the locker room We're like, hey, hey, can we get you for a second? And he goes – He turned around, and he kind of snapped that. So he goes, really? You haven't talked to me all year. Now you want to talk to me? No, man. I'm out of here. We're like, dude, you were involved in one of the biggest plays in a football game. It's, yeah, we didn't talk to you all year because you've been hurt, because you've been uh, on injured reserve, because you haven't played. And when you did play, you haven't really factored in a game, much less one as important as that. So – you know, very reluctantly, and as you said, very tersely, he, he he more or less fell on the sword and gave us no information because we were like, okay, well, did you not get the call? Um, was it, you know, did the snap come too soon? Like, no details, no, nothing, whatever. But all seemed to be pretty much uh, in agreement that somehow Geo didn't field the snap, and that's what led to it. Let
0: me run this by you, Rick. You know... Devin Tompkins presumably is going to be your kick returner going forward. He's been elevated from the practice squad three times already. If they, they can't elevate him again, they've got to put him on the active roster. What's to stop them from cutting Gio Bernard and just putting Tompkins in that place? That's plausible, right? Well, It
1: is. I, I think the only thing that would, that would maybe slow you down about that idea is if you're not sure, and Leonard Fournette has been playing, but he's also been on the injured list. So if, if you think that you might lose a running back like Fournette, for any any foreseeable time, it's just based on the health of the team. Um, you know that you might you might need Geo as an extra running back. You still have Keyshawn Vaughn. You still have a guy that can step in there. Um, but I'm yeah. I mean, if, if he's not going to play running back and he's not going to give you much on special teams, that certainly could be something they do. Look, they I was encouraged that when they started this game. Uh, they got their defensive backs back. I mean, Sean Murphy Bunting was up and actually played, made some plays. Um, You know, Antoine Winfield Jr. was in and out. He he tweaked his ankle, but he he came in and out and and played a good portion of this game. Um, They they were able to have Mike Edwards was was available as well, even though I think he played a little less than than the other guys. Um, And, you know, without Vitavea, um, really without many outside linebackers at all, they managed to get pressure on Joe Burrow. Anthony Nelson had had a pretty good day, uh, I think. Um, You know, Burrow was only sacked twice, but um, and you look at his numbers, and you know he's pretty efficient. He only threw for two hundred yards. Here's the thing: the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the best offenses in the National Football League, they're held to two hundred and thirty-seven yards, and you look up and you go, "Wait a minute!" They've got thirty-four points on the board because in the second half. Five of their six possessions, I think, were, were on the plus side of the Buccaneers' field. I, I mean, this, you could have played this game on a 50-yard field almost in the second half, and it was tilted so heavily in Cincinnati's direction. They could not not give them the ball um, except on their side. It was just it was incredible. So, I mean, they deserved the Bucks the way they played. They deserved to lose, and yet there were some good efforts out there by the defense. Uh, there were plays made by the wide receiver. What's just weird is that, and and Brady will get blamed. And I'm not saying it was all his fault, but you don't see a guy like that. He was 89 and 0 when playing at home, leading by 17 or more points. 89 and 0. He's now 89 and 1. We've seen these records be, get turned on his head that he has that he has uh, created throughout his career, uh, and the Bucks just keep doing it. It's it's really something. But again. I, I thought defensively, despite the 34 points on the board and they gave up three touchdown passes
0: from Joe Burrow, I thought they played okay. I thought Carlton Davis had a heck of a game. He, he had that little face mask penalty in the red zone. That was probably the only blemish. But he had four passes defended, Rick, and I, I went back. That's his most in a game since they trampled Green Bay here in 2020 at home, 38-10. to 10. He had an interception, his first interception since the – 2021 season opener, he was getting in grills. And uh, again, like you mentioned, Murphy Bunning had a pass breakup. I, I thought he, he played well. But, you know, I, I go back and look at it now, and, you know, it was an impossible situation for the defense. The defense played well enough to win. But the starting field position in the second half for the Bengals, the Buccaneers 16, the Buccaneer 31, the Buccaneers 13, the Buccaneers 39, the Bengals 47, the Bengals 38, and the Bucks forty-seven. So in the entire second half, Cincinnati's worst starting field position was its own thirty-eight-yard line. You can't—I don't care how good your defense is—you're not going to win like that.
1: And the funny thing is, if you look at the first half, the Bucks dominated time of possession. The first half, they had it for over twenty minutes. In the second half, they had it for only ten minutes uh, in the game, which was which was just obviously not enough. All right, we're going to get more into this and into what is ahead for the Bucks, which. Phew, um, Somehow they are still maintaining their slim lead because both Atlanta and Carolina lost on Sunday. It is a upside down division, to say the very least. But I want to tell you guys about May Electric Solar. Um, you know, it's starting to get a little chilly out here, and so the heat is on, but we got to wait for you to save your money on your electric bill. Um, they're a family owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but they guarantee their workmanship with a 30 year labor and services warranty. Plus with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conduct on-site testing. You can see what they'll install. Plus they don't use subcontractors. You know exactly who's doing the job. Those are Billy May's guys up there on the roof. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts. May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. There is a pall over this football team right now. I, I think it's palatable. I wrote a story on Sunday, and, you know, the hounds are on the doorstep, so to speak. Fans are not happy. They were sold that this was a Super Bowl team, that Tom Brady was back, and that they had every reason to believe that it could be at least like last year, if not the year they won it all. And I think a lot of that is fool's gold, okay? Because Todd Bowles wasn't even hired until the last day of March, and he was appointed head coach as much as he was hired. He basically was told, you can't bring in a staff. This is your staff. And so he decided. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to call the defensive plays, which already limits, you know, his time in other areas as a head coach. Then he can't change the offensive coordinator. So Byron Leftwich, who has been under fire all year long, is their offensive coordinator. Who knows if Byron and him are lockstep in terms of their philosophy? Um, and then you look you look at the team. There are people that keep writing on Twitter and other places that he was given a Super Bowl team. Look who they don't have, right? I mean, uh, Rob Gronkowski for starters. Antonio Brown, Ali Marpet, uh, Ryan Jensen goes down in week, you know, the second day of training camp. Uh, Shaq Barrett is out, and Damakon Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul are not back. Um, you know, you can go through this whole thing. It, it, people need to stop. It is not the same team. And frankly, this roster, while it does have some playmakers on it and some guys that have been to the Pro Bowl, this is not a Super Bowl roster. It just simply isn't. Because you have Tom Brady and because of all his accolades and, and, and what he has done here two years ago, people assume that they're good enough to win it all. But the, fa- the fact of the matter is, is that Brady needs help now. At 45, Joey, I think we're starting to see some, some areas where you know, where he would elevate everybody else. Now some people need to elevate him. Now some guys need to make plays for him. And I thought they did. I thought they came out and made some tough catches, um you know put themselves in position to move the ball, like you said in the first half, which is the kind of offense I think they expected. seventeen points and a half against the Bengals defense is not bad. If you double that, you got thirty four you should win the game. But this idea that that Todd Bowles you know was given this great opportunity and blew it, and we don't know how the season's going to end. They could still win the n f c South, albeit a bad record perhaps. Um, I think is wrong. The other thing is, it doesn't matter because now they don't seem to know how to get out of this. In other words, they have not put together a complete game except maybe twice. And I don't think it was complete in Dallas. It was the opener, obviously. That might be the team they end up playing here in the playoffs, by the way, if they make it. I think the one in Germany was as... as Close to complete as they could hope for, except the second half they let them back in the game with some again a, a trick play that was intercepted to Tom Brady and all of that. Um, but for the most part, this team has been choppy at best and just not not very good. And I I think now there's there's a real feeling in that locker room that uh oh, we you know the only thing that's keeping this season on the rails is the fact that if they beat Atlanta and they beat Carolina, nothing else has to matter. They're NFC South champs. And until we get to those games, it's not DEFCON 5 yet. But let me tell you, there's not much confidence in that locker room right now.
0: Nor should there be. It, it, it is a different team, Rick. And, you know, I was thinking when Donovan Smith got shaken up and was pulled, um, you know, early in the first half, there is nobody left on that offensive line from the Super Bowl team at that point. Now he came back in, but but that's what it was. There was no offensive lineman left from the Super Bowl team only two seasons ago. Gronkowski's not out there, and you hear Byron say, you know he's he's taken he's taken his bullets all season, and and in some cases rightfully so. He sh- certainly shouldn't be above criticism. But, you, you know, we throw questions at him. Why aren't you doing this? Why not more play action? Why not this? And to paraphrase, he says, we're doing with, with the people that we have. And, you know, at this juncture of the season, I think some of that's starting to ring, a, you know, a, a little more true and resonate a little more. Like, okay, I see what you mean, Byron. Because they are, you know, on the outside, they're older and slower, Rick. They're, they're not the same team that they were two years ago. There is no Gronkowski. I just laid out the offensive line issues. A lot of times they're doing with what they have. Now, does that mean they, they couldn't be a little more creative? Of course not. Again, Byron Leftwich should not be above criticism here, but they're doing with what they have, for, for lack of a better term. This is not a championship team by any means but they're probably going to win the division and host a playoff game because this division is so putrid and just to go off on that little tangent i got to think the nfl is going to amend or modify its uh its playoff structure to where this kind of thing can be avoided. As it stands right now, the four division champions, regardless of the record, host a playoff game. But we you know, we saw it a couple of years Washington hosted a playoff game. They had a sub five hundred record and now the Bucks are gonna host a playoff game probably with a sub five hundred record. I think the NFL is gonna you know gonna put their minds together and do away with that.
1: Well they you know this was the fear and I was around back in, in uh you know two thousand and whatever it was uh 2002 when they realigned the divisions when the bucks went from the NFC um, Central it was called at that time to the NFC South. and the big fear was just that that we could have a division winner with with a losing record and a substantial losing record seven and nine it's happened Carolina. Um, you know Seattle uh, was one of those teams. What's interesting is that some of those teams like Seattle ended up upsetting a defending Super Bowl champion New Orleans uh, that year in Seattle. Um, and and so I always say this: like the playoffs, no matter no matter what you did in the regular season, once you get to the postseason, everyone is in fact o and o. And what's interesting is the pressure is the same for both teams. Look, Cincinnati had a lot to play for tonight. Baltimore lost, and they could take over the division instead of being a wild card team, which they did by winning. They were supremely motivated, um, and the Bucks should be motivated too because they're also in first place. But I don't. I don't know if they'll if they'll realign it for, for the two or three or four outliers, but you're right. There's going to be a bunch of teams um, with better records that are not going to be in this thing, and Tampa Bay or Carolina uh, or Atlanta will be, and, and they will be hosting a game, and there's nothing anyone can do about that. Now, they're going to get the Cowboys, and that's a whole other show for another time because the Cowboys, who nearly lost to the Houston Texans, went out and did lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars in overtime. So guess what? Dak Prescott loses on a pick six. What do you think they're saying about the quarterback in Dallas right now? Because nobody's happy with the quarterback in Dallas right now. So so that's that that all is, is still in front of them. Um, look, here's the road, okay? They've got to go on Christmas Day. And you talk about, like, ruining your holiday. You lose this game after being up 17 to nothing um and give up thirty-four straight points. But now you got to get on a plane on Christmas Eve. Actually I think I think they may be leaving the day before Christmas Eve, to be honest with you. If I'm not mistaken, they're leaving Friday. Um, again, it's not a West Coast but a Western trip. And going out there and you know, even though the Cardinals don't have um their starting quarterback um uh, it doesn't seem to matter because the Bucks can play backups and still lose to them. That's not the issue. But it may just take one or two games. I mean, they they could actually just beat either Carolina or Atlanta. And with another win, depending on what those guys do, they may get in with just one one other win. We'll see. But there's just no momentum on this football team. And for the first, I mean, like, Brady is the eternal, like, competitor. And he'll go back out there and he'll pick himself up and he'll, he'll find a way to get ready – Um, for Sunday's game, which is a national TV game at night, and he knows it, and the world's going to be watching, as many people did watch this CBS game with Jim Nance and Tony Romo, um, and he's going to want to change the picture. He's the ultimate competitor. I have no doubt about that. But Arizona could beat them, and then it's home against Carolina who has beaten them, and then it's at Atlanta but with a rookie quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who didn't play that great uh, in his first start but is still capable – and And nearly nearly beat New Orleans, I'm starting to think they may not make the playoffs. Look what what is the, what is the, the the belief when we've watched this team on offense struggle the way they have to score points? You look down at the end of the night and they got a late touchdown, kind of a garbage touchdown, and they scored 20, 23, and that's like the most in the month. You know They're, they're not a team that's going to score a lot. I would say this: they're getting a little healthier on defense. The defense is very capable. They were tonight against a really good Cincinnati for a half until the field position eventually cracked them and got them. Um, that's the only thing I see that, that gives them a chance in these games is that maybe they can hold a team under 17 and, and still get there.
0: Yeah, defense is going to have to win the day down the stretch. And, and you think about it, uh, you know, like you pointed out, a, a very solid defensive effort in general against a very good Bengals team without Vita Vea tonight. Um, and they were missing one or two other people tonight, uh, Jamel Dean, without Jamel Dean, who I think this year has been their best cornerback. So defense is going to have to win it down the stretch, but I'm telling you, these other teams are looking at Tampa Bay and saying, hey, this is a team we can beat. You don't think Atlanta and Carolina and those guys are saying the same thing? Hey, this division is there for the taking for us. We can beat this team. Look at the quarterbacks who've gone and beaten Tampa Bay, whether it's Brock Purdy, or P.J. Walker, or Kenny Pickett. You know, Trace McSorley's up next, and his coaches are saying, hey, you can do this, man. This is, this is a winnable game. Yeah, I think defense is going to have to carry the day down the stretch. I don't think there's any question about it, Rick, unless they can somehow build on the first half that they showed tonight, just erase the second half, flush it, and, and build on the first half because it was very impressive, probably their most impressive – first half of football in more than two months otherwise you know they're just going to have to lean on the defense if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet PlushCare, care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: All right, for a little local flavor, USF tight end Mitch Wilcox was in the game and had a touchdown right here at Raymond James where he played his collegiate football were the best of, of his career really uh, so far? He's hung on uh, at Cincinnati. Um, great kid. Had to mean something to him to score against the Bucks in this stadium.
0: Oh yeah, he said he knew every nuance of the stadium. I talked to him after the game. He said he, he, he even remembered what the grass smelled like. You know that kind of thing. And th- this was big for him. This was you know if you're a local. In a Bucks fan, this was still a feel-good storyline tonight. Mitch Wilcox, he's the most prolific tight end in USF football history, holds about every single tight end record out there, and you know, I he shaped up as a draft prospect initially in 2020, but he went and had that freak injury, got got dotted in the eye by by a hard spiral, and it really messed up his eye at the um, at the combine, and. He didn't get drafted, but he found a niche in Cincinnati. He hung on. He made the team. He's a special teams fixture now. And with Hayden Hurst hurt, he's getting a lot of playing time. I think tonight may have been his most – certainly his best night as a pro and probably his most active night as a pro. He had a career-best three catches and, of course, that 12-yard touchdown catch, his first professional touchdown and he spiked it. He said, I spiked it as hard as I possibly could. And I spiked it so hard it went into the stands and I'll never get it back. But, but he, you know, he didn't care. This was, this was just really cool for him. And I, I DM'd his mother on Twitter and she said there were 49 family and friends here in the stadium tonight. So just a feel-good storyline for Mitch Wilcox, who graduated from Tarpon Springs High School. Good to see him do well after, you know, just kind of a, a rough start to his pro career.
1: Wasn't it Mitch that had to go in as a, as a backup long yes. snapper? Yes. And, he, and he had a couple snaps, and one was, I think, they called timeout. It yeah. might have gone awry. And then the second one, for whatever reason, it didn't get down, and they missed a, a key field goal last year. Was it
0: last year? It was a season opener this year. It was this year. Yeah, and I, I think this... The first one, yeah, there was a penalty or something. The second one, it got back there slow, and I think it got blocked or missed or something. It wasn't his fault. I mean, right. he was an emergency long snapper. God knows how many times he's had to practice it. So, you know, very, very, you know, just terrible situation, unenviable situation to be in. But tonight he kind of got, got his atonement. Just a, just a great night in his de facto homecoming game. Again, three catches. That's a career high, including his first professional touchdown catch.
1: Yeah, it was fun to see, and it, it had to be great for his, his family and friends that were here as well. Um, the, the Bucks will head, to, again, out to Arizona. They may get some players back. I think Tristan Wirfs is very close to playing. Uh, he did practice last week a little bit on a limited basis. He didn't play tonight. Um, they held out Julio Jones, which I don't know the status of his knee. I'm not sure how many players were nicked up. Again, uh, in and out of the lineup was Antoine Winfield, Jr., also, Donovan Smith. So we'll have to check on those guys. We'll get more of an update from Todd Bowles later today, uh, as he does his press conference and let you know what all is going on with that. Um, just a reminder: if you're looking to save money on electric bill, May Electric Solar. You want to call them. They've been in business locally for 12 years. They give you a 30-year uh, labor services warranty. Plus, you get $750 worth of surge protection. Um, make sure you start saving today. Call the Solar Energy Experts, May Electric Solar, 727-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819-819- 2862 to schedule a free estimate and lower your electric bill all year long. Also, we're going to have our mailbag segment tomorrow. Uh, you can do that by submitting your questions to us on Twitter at SportsdayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. The Bucs lose their second in a row. They fall to 6 and 8 with a 34 23 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals after a 17 17- to nothing lead. A big second half collapse four turnovers. Also a turnover on downs on a botched fake punt in the third quarter. This is not going well for them. They play Christmas night in Arizona against the Cardinals and uh, still maintain a slim lead somehow in the NFC South. For Joey Knight, Steve Versnick, our producer. Thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud of the 10 Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Mom-